Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mindset Medicine Podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu, broker owner, coach, and speaker. I have a wonderful guest today, but first I want to tell you the topic because I think this is going to intrigue you as we go into a new year, 2023. So we're going to be talking about creating a better, empowered, and more intentional life. And there is a woman on this podcast with me today who I swear to God in another, in another, I don't know, time frame. It's like we are very, very similar, almost identical in everything. And uh, funny enough, if you're watching this video, Mia, you have got to put up your coffee mug because she <laughs> shows up. What are the chances? Put it close to you. There we go. We literally have the same mug with different words on them. So mine says be present and I have grateful downstairs in my cupboard. Hers says grateful. So you know that you are kindred spirits when you show up (laughs) with the same coffee mug early in the morning. So everyone, this is Dr. Mia Holland, and I am going to give her the introduction that she deserves. I'm going to read you everything this wonderful woman has accomplished in her life. And then we are going to dig in. And something special about this podcast today, we have never actually spoken to each other before. We are going to get to know each other right here, right now on this podcast. And as I was telling Mia before we started, the reason I want to do this is because I want this to be the most authentic conversation that you hear. I don't want it to be prescripted. I actually have no questions that are written out. Because I believe in just getting to know people through natural curiosity. And Dr. Mia here agreed with me that this would just be a very authentic um, and probably very heartwarming conversation as we talk about the things that we've both been through. Yes. Yes. So thank you, first of all, for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Oh, I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. So let me tell you all about Dr. Mia Holland. She is an assistant professor of psychology at Bridgewater State University. She is a top producing realtor with home and key real estate, a life coach for intentional living. That speaks to me. A self-described health warrior. If I could (laughs) put that badge on me as well, we will be both wearing that badge. She has presented at Harvard University Medical School delivered a TEDx talk on the topic of eating disorders. Dr. Mia serves as the mental health and wellness expert for the, uh, for the V talks podcast, where she discusses a multitude of topics in the realm of health and wellness. Her education credentials include a doctorate in education, a master's of art degree in counseling, two years, additional graduate training in clinical behavioral psychology and a bachelor's degree in psychology. She also has been certified in personal fitness training and has completed studies in holistic wellness and nutrition. Her areas of expertise include eating disorders, self-esteem, anxiety, trauma, resilience, human behavior. Her personal passions include health, nutrition, and positive living. As a health warrior, she loves to share her intimate story of trauma and eradicating a cancer diagnosis holistically with the intention of inspiring others. She loves to see people thrive and succeed in all aspects of their lives, health, lifestyle, career, and mindset. Dr. Dr. Holland lives in a beautiful seaside town in Massachusetts with her husband, Scott. Well, 
My goodness. That Who is, is that? <laughs> Don't you find yourself fascinating when you hear someone read it? You're like, yes. oh my God, did I do all that? Who is that? Yes. And I'm sure you've heard of the imposter syndrome. Yes. So you have all of these accomplishments. You have all of this wonderful stuff that has happened to you or that you've made happen. And all of a sudden someone tells you about it or you see it written somewhere and you say, wait a second, is that me? <laughs> it's amazing yes. what we can accomplish um, with, as you say, intentionality. And I think just being driven by who you are. And I think a lot of people have, have trouble finding that person. Um, I know I've had conversations with women in the past where you know, I say, well, what, what makes you happy? What direction do you want to go? And they, they answer me and they say, I have no idea. I've been a mother, I've been a wife, but I really don't know who I am anymore. Yes. So it's that interesting. Mm -hmm. It is interesting. I just read something this morning. I read uh, Mark Nepo's book, The Book of Awakening. Every morning, there's a little daily insert of positivity or some sort of story to read. And this morning, it was about finding yourself, but we're already who we are. So we're looking to all of these external things to find ourselves, but we are who we are internally. So look inward instead of outward. So true. So where do I dive in? I, why don't we start with, how did you get here? That's a and then let's go backwards. Place. <laughs> That's a great place to start. So I have seen you in some real estate trainings. I've seen you in action and listened to your content and watched you on social media, began to follow you quite quickly and became very, very enamored by the messages that you were sending and the information that you share with people and just your, your aura and your uh, vibrance really attracted to me, really attracted me. And then I came across the Mindset Medicine Podcast. Right. And the first one I listened to was about resilience and your health journey. And I said, oh my gosh, this is exactly why I've been drawn to you because we have similar paths in that way. So I said, well, there's not, not very often that you come across somebody that you really connected to and you mm. really feel as though you share some things in this big wide world of all sorts of things happening. So I reached yeah. out and I said, I think we should talk. <laughs> I love that. And I'm so glad you did. And isn't that interesting? Because I created the podcast. I was telling someone this yesterday. I only created the podcast so I could reach one person. That was it. If I could just impact one person with any part of my message, then that's the reason I was doing it. So I would love to go back then and if you would share a little bit about what it is that you felt, you know, that message of resilience and the health journey, how did that relate to you? Yes. So you're moving right along in life. And, and in my case, uh, I had all my professional accolades. I had all of my accomplishments. I had a beautiful life going for me, healthy, quote unquote, mm -hmm. just moving right along. And all of a sudden, the universe says, hold on a second, bam. Two days before Christmas in 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it, it was a very surreal experience, very similar to what you were talking about with your experience that, uh, hold on a second, this doesn't happen to people at my age. This doesn't happen to people like me. 
this mm-hmm. doesn't fit the norm, the expectation that you think this kind of thing could happen to. There was no breast cancer in my family. I've always been healthy, working out, eating healthy. Uh, and so it was a bit of a an identity crisis, if you will. Oh, oh I hear you. I feel you. <laughs> you know, and I also find that um, when when you get thrown by by a health concern that comes out of the blue, you kind of look around and be like, are, are you kidding me? I, I've been doing everything I was supposed to do. Like, how, how could this even happen? Yes. Yes. Where's the fairness? My mind goes to fairness. In second yes. grade, my second grade teacher brought my mom into school and she said, we have a problem. Your daughter, there's a big problem with her. And my mother said, well, what's the problem? She's a straight A student. What could possibly be wrong? And she said, well, she's going to have a difficult life. She thinks everything is supposed to be fair. Oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that. I remember that. And I and I I do live a life of fairness. And I have to often remind myself that not everything is fair, but everything has a lesson. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the day of diagnosis, of course, I sat there. Now, I think similar to many children, their first word is no. My first word was no. I love the word. It's It speaks to me around boundaries now that I can use that language. But when I was younger, I took tantrums as a child to try to get my way. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, I've curtailed those and modified those in ways that uh, illustrate behaviors that are more conducive to socialization these days. Mm-hmm. But when I was diagnosed, the doctor came in and I knew on his face that it wasn't going to be good. So my husband, Scott was sitting there and he, the doctor took out the folder and he said, you've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I said, no, <laughs> he sort of looked at me as if, um, that's typically not what people say. They typically <laughs> cry and, and, sort of react in some other different way. Right. But in my mind, I was saying, I reject this. Right. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make this go away. And I'm rejecting this. This will not be my identity and this Mm -hmm. will not be my life. Mm -hmm. So that childhood sort of uh, misbehavior worked well for me. Mm -hmm. I immediately took action. Why don't you talk about that action? Because I know it is, uh, you chose a different route that most people would. So why don't you walk us through what that looks like? Sure, sure. So prior to diagnosis, I had been in the holistic health realm for uh, quite a few years, dealing with things like migraines and insomnia, things that I wasn't able to get ameliorated through the traditional medical system, Mm -hmm. Uh, just wasn't having any results. So my path is sort of a long one, but it brought me to the holistic approach and I was getting great results for migraines and the insomnia. So when I was diagnosed, I said, aha, hold on a second. Now in the appointment, they said, look, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do chemo. You're going to have to do radiation, potentially surgery. Uh, We're going to send you up to a world renowned Boston cancer hospital where people flock from around the world. Mm-hmm. And you'll get the best treatment ever. And I looked and I, I shook my head. And in my mind, I was thinking, I am not doing that. Right. So we took the file. We went out to the car and my husband, we were sitting there in the car and he said, what, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm calling my holistic doctor. I'm not doing not one thing that they just said. This is a no brainer for me. 
I know in the deepest core of my soul that I personally will not benefit from the traditional medical approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Were you at any point, were you torn at any point where, cause I know I've had this before where I've been torn between, you know, the, the typical way uh, that doctors will solve issues, which is through medicine and we mask the problem mm -hmm. um, or going, going the holistic route. Was there any part of your mind or maybe the people who are surrounding you saying, no, this is a bad idea. You, you need to go the, the typical route of radiation, chemo, the whole thing. Yeah. So I did go for the consultation for the surgery at the, I won't name the hospital, but it yeah. was a Boston, a renowned cancer center. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course it's the Mecca of cancer centers up there. So they just pick one. Um, and I was sitting in the appointment and they said, okay, if you don't do what we're prescribing here for you, you will die. Yeah. And now you would think most folks would say, oh my gosh. And they would surrender and say, I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. You're the experts. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely not one ounce of hesitation. And I said, I'm sorry, but I would like you to give me my file, give me my biopsy results. And I'm leaving because what you're saying does not resonate with me and you're not going to bully me. Right. There was never a doubt. Yeah. That's interesting. We have very, very similar ways of, of looking at the medical profession, I think, because I do respect them, but I also think that intrinsically, you know, you know, yourself, you know, after my heart surgery and then I, the stroke, they just kept upping my medication but all of my blood tests showed there was nothing wrong with me. So, you know, um, the, my blood pressure, my blood pressure was normal. My heart rate was normal. Everything was normal, but they gave me these prescriptions that they would give, let's say a 70, 75 year old man who's had open heart surgery bypass. And they actually made me sick. I wasn't sick before I started taking them. I was in the hospital having triple bypass but nobody knew why at that time, I now know what happened, but at that time I didn't. So they gave me a bag of 10 medications and they said, you need to take all of these. And so I started taking them and oh my goodness, I was so sick. I was fainting. I would just, I'd be walking and I would faint because they were giving me blood pressure medicine when I didn't have high blood pressure, which means they were lowering it so low that I was passing out. So then they would tell me, well, we're not taking you off of it. You need to eat more salt, have salt for breakfast, have chips, have pretzels, have, have nuts with salt. This is in Europe now. So of course, what happens when you start doing that? You inflate, right? You completely. So I, I always was bloated, but I still was always lightheaded. I couldn't go anywhere without actually holding on to surfaces because I was always on the brink of passing out. <laughs> So then on top of that, they would give me other medication, which sped up my heart, which means now I'm thinking that there's something wrong with my heart when in fact, they've just fixed it. This went on for two years. All I did was I went around this Mediterranean island I was living on. I must have seen six different doctors, every part of the island I would go and they'd all say the same thing. So I just continued on and I kept taking this medication. And then finally, my husband looked at me. He's like, we need to do something because it's actually not helping you. You, you, 
you are so sick all the time now. And I was not the person you see now. I, there was no energy. All I wondered at the back of my mind is if I'm standing in class teaching, will I pass out in front of these students? And if, if all you do is go through life, it actually creates far more anxiety. And so I would then create these routes to school. Okay. Or my husband said, well, let's go out for dinner. And I would think to myself, okay, well, where's the closest hospital? I would actually oh plot gosh. the route of anywhere I went to make sure there was a hospital within the vicinity in case I passed out or died. And it's really a miserable way of living. When I moved back to Canada, I continued this journey because I kept saying to myself, why do I have to be, I don't understand. Can somebody show me my test results that show why I have to be on this medication? It took me another two years. And finally, I got to this head of cardiology at one of the most famous hospitals we have in Toronto. And I just sat down with him. I said, please explain to me logically why I have to be on this medication. He said, let me do all the tests on you. He did all of the tests. They all came back. He looked at me and he said, stop everything. There is nothing wrong with you now. And, you know, this is what I find is these normal courses of preventative medicine, which I do understand, you know yourself. And, and this is why I always tell people, understand who you are when you feel good. Yes. Because if you can understand, and I keep all my tests now, I know my baselines for everything. So when someone tells me I need to go on medication, I just pull out a baseline test and I'm like, show <laughs> me why. And, and if you can explain to me logically why I need to be on something, I will agree. Otherwise, I will not. Right. So, you know, I, I do. I, I get that. And um, I do go toward the holistic way. When, um, when I, I truly to my core, do not believe that what you're telling me has no base. It, it just, it's not logically resonating with me, especially because I'm sure like you, um, or I'm sure I'm like you, where you probably delved into a lot of research as well. Yes. I just said this to my husband last night Yeah, and you probably thought at one point, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm spending my entire existence searching and searching and researching and researching. And at some point you have to say, okay, here's what I have. I can't live in a bubble. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to move forward positively. Yes. Um, at one point, uh, it, they were very adamant about me not following what they wanted. And I said, well, here, let me ask you this. You're the experts. You're well-known. People come from all over the world, as I mentioned, and here you are. You tell me, you keep asking me, well, you don't smoke. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Why do you have breast cancer at 45 years old? Yeah. And I said, you tell me you're the expert. Mm -hmm. What is the reason? And they finally said, well, you know, our environment has a boatload of radiation in it. So potentially you've been exposed to so much of it that your body just couldn't tolerate it anymore. So I said, hold on. You're telling me that a person of my health has been overloaded with radiation, hence the now diagnosis of breast cancer. But as part of your treatment protocol, you want to send me down the hall for 30 days of targeted radiation. Mm -hmm. Explain to me the difference 
Isn't it hazardous? Doesn't it have a biohazard sign on it? People can't be exposed to it. People that are treating you have to wear the protective gear. So if that's what caused my cancer, you tell me how then that's going to cure me. Mm -hmm. They could not answer me. Yeah. It's common sense. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I at one point had said, after I had asked for my file, I said, you know, this is bullying because you're not giving me the information that's helping me to aspire to do what you're telling me to do. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're supporting my gut reaction to this entire thing. Now, I do believe conventional medicine, like you said, conventional medicine has its place. Mm -hmm. And in my perspective, it's for trauma. You get into a car accident. There you go. You need a bone set. There you go. You have strep throat. You need an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Now, even the herbalists and the holistic community will say, maybe you don't. But in those cases, okay, I can get on board with it. But in this case, for me, uh, no, absolutely no, unequivocally no. There was never a doubt. So what did your holistic healing look like? What did it that process was, look like for you? It was fantastic. So it, it was supposed to be this big and I made it this big because mm -hmm. that's what I do with everything. I treat everything with 100, 150% effort. So it was all about detoxing the body and fixing the immune system. Mm -hmm. Cancer is a product of a broken immune system. We're all exposed to the same toxins for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then others of us put other things into our bodies that shouldn't be in there, making it a little worse. Mm -hmm. But an oncologist once told me years ago during a friend's cancer battle that every person, every human being biologically has cancer cells that exist in their bodies. Yes, I read that too. Mm -hmm. And the perfect storm has to happen for your immune system to finally shut down and then those cancer cells grow. Mm -hmm. So something happened with my immune system and I have some theories about that as well. Mm -hmm. So the idea then holistically is fix the syndrome. There's something that has created that perfect storm mm -hmm. to allow the immune system to shut down far enough so that those cancer cells now are growing. So we focused on nutritional changes specified supplements, specific things, not just your bottle of vitamin C that you'll get at the local drugstore, but mm -hmm. specific supplements that target things like natural killer cells and your overall immune system. And then also I took it many steps further um, by detoxing my entire life, including body products, cooking products, cleaning products, and also relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so why don't you go a little deeper into that? Um, you know, when you're in a situation like that, and, and I was the same, um, I realized very quickly when I was in the hospital and I was dying before they could actually help me, you know, I found that everyone rallies around when you're sick. Everyone loves and I don't mean this in a negative way, but everyone loves uh, a sad story. So people were coming and they were standing at the foot of my bed and they were just telling me about all the people they knew who had died of heart attacks. And here oh, I am having a succession of heart attacks because oh. they could not stabilize me until the following weekend. 
And, you know, the nurses would actually usher people out of the room. They they would be monitoring me in the hallway at their nurse's station. And they would see that my my blood pressure, my heart rate were rising. And they would just say, everyone out, everyone out. Because here I am not knowing what's going on. And you're telling about all the people who have died. So what was interesting, though, fast forward three weeks, and I am sent home now. And, and you know, I have two children under the age of seven. I've been instructed I am no longer allowed to hold or carry any of them because it will open up the, the surgery in my chest. And, and now what? I can't drive for three months and I can't walk up a flight of stairs for at least a month. So there I was with no help. And what's interesting and is none of those people who were at the base of my bed showed up with food, with groceries, with, can we help you with the kids? Nothing. So when you say, you know, it's necessary to detox, it really is. Because until that point in my life, I had always done the right thing. Act the right way. Talk to everyone the proper way. Be, you know, the consummate, perfect person so that we don't cause wrinkles or anything else. And then I realized, why? Mm -hmm. no one else feels the need to be like that. Why yeah. do I have to play that role all the time? And, and then slowly I just started detoxing from all the people who caused me a lot of angst every time I would be with them. So, and it's very freeing when you do that, you know, um, it, it is so freeing. It's like a huge weight has lifted off yes. your shoulders. Yes. Now the process of, of it can be very, cathartic and very eye-opening and as, 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 as it is uh, uncomfortable right because yes. you are you know people are saying well let's get together and then you're saying no uh, I'm sorry mm -hmm. I'm busy or whatever the case is mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. for me when I was diagnosed there were only three people that came to my side and were absolutely there for me every single day throughout the entire process of healing and that was my husband yeah my brother and my my friend Heather. Yeah. Those were the only three people that were there for me every single day. Yeah. The others were missing in action. Yeah. That's the same for me, immediate family. That's who was there. My husband, he 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 had to help me, you know, even pull up my pants in the morning because I wasn't able, you know, when you have open heart surgery and they remove your heart to bypass, they're restarting your whole body again. So it's like you're learning to do stuff all over again. Um, yeah. And these are the moments that really stick with you is the people who were yes. there when you really needed them. Yes. And you didn't have it's to so ask them to be there. They were just there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm sure you experienced this too. When you're going through something like this and you do have these few people around you that are truly valuable human beings and important people in your life. There's there for me, there was a loneliness that I, I can never put words around. Oh, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying that to my brother one night, he had come to visit, we were at the house and I said, you know, I've never felt more lonely in my whole life. And he said, oh my God, but we're right here. Yeah. And I said, it's, it's, but you're in that bubble. I am now in the cancer bubble and I don't want to be in this bubble. I need to get the heck out of this bubble. <laughs> It's like, it's like there is this whole world going on in your head 
you know, and you're the only one in it and you're fighting against everything. It feels like, um, every day I woke up and I feel like I was, I was just battling myself and it's a hard battle to, to get yourself out of because yes. you can be, you be, you can become very wrapped up in yourself and your problems, even if you're sick. It's it's really hard to to pull yourself out of that, I find. Yes. And I didn't want it to define me. Right. I didn't want to be the breast cancer survivor. No, I'm a health warrior. I just happened to experience breast cancer. Yes. yes. And it brought me many gifts and many blessings. Yes. And it still does to this day. Now, yeah. of course, in the beginning, there's that whole, oh my gosh, is this coming back? Oh my gosh, there are days when you wake up and you think, Mm -hmm. Wait a second here. I'm vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Your mortality gets challenged. Mm -hmm. Your identity gets challenged. For me, I felt a, a, a ridiculously strong betrayal from my own body. I mm -hmm. thought, why would you do this to me? I've treated you so well my entire life. Yeah. But had I, because that was the true question that came to me as we were going through the process of healing, I said, hold on a second. It's not just about food. It's not just about supplements. It's not just about staying away from aluminum cooking. It's, it's now what is going on in my life? Who am I associating with? What am I exposing myself to? Whether it's TV, media, whatever it might be, I've got to look at the overall toxic load that I am experiencing. Yeah. And that's when the real changes came. Did you find... Um that you also had to learn how to react differently to situations and, or not react actually, um, you know, yes. process things in a different way and learn how to, you know, are you giving a response or are you giving a reaction? And is it even necessary to, to have a response to some things I've, I know I've learned that, um, Every time I get into a stressful situation, I, I have to stop and ask myself, is it really necessary to get upset over this right now? Is this really worth it? And most of the time, the answer is no. And so you're able to bring yourself back down again, because I believe that 80% of what caused um, my spontaneous heart attack was the way I was responding and reacting to life around me. Yes. Yes. And those are patterns that we can, we can dismantle and create new patterns for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when people say, well, I, I was raised that way. I was raised in a very negative, violent, abusive environment. I'm not a negative, violent or abusive person. Mm -hmm. There are choices you can make, but those patterns are with you. I remember being about 20 years old out uh, with a friend and he said, you know, you're awfully negative. And uh, nobody had ever said that to me before because I had been raised in this environment and everybody was the same way. So I thought nothing of it. Right. And I'll never forget those words. And after that, I made a conscious effort. Wait, hold on a second. Other people are living differently. Hmm. Let me see what that's like. Mm -hmm. There are choices. Yeah. There are choices in everything between a feeling, a thought, a behavior. I love Joe Dispenza because he says your personality creates your reality. Yes. And that's so true. 
-hmm. I was living in negativity for so much of my life with, with the abuse and with what had happened that I brought it with me everywhere I went. And until I did the hard work to detox from all of those patterns and the emotional baggage, until you do that and make yeah. the choice to cleanse and reprogram yourself, you will be stuck. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's, I know that all of my breakthroughs have happened when I finally, and they were literally just sort of these, um, an epitome that would just come to me. And I would just get to the point where I'd say, I've had enough. I've had enough. And I don't want to be thinking that way, feeling that way anymore. And as of right now, that's going to change. And I would do everything in my power to move myself toward that, whether it was external stimuli, which were podcasts, videos, books, I would do everything to start changing. And self-awareness is everything, you know, emotional intelligence, understanding when you are in a situation like that, where you are feeling, I mean, I'll wake up some mornings and I can feel like I'm negative. Everything I look at feels like the world is against you. And you, you, you have to snap yourself out of it and yes. just say, no, like start looking at your life. You, your kids are good. Your, your kids are healthy. And, and once you can start being grateful for everything you've got again, you will snap yourself out. But I think that so many people get to the point where they just don't snap themselves out of it. They just stay in it. But first you have to recognize what in it means and what that looks like. And, you know, I'm so glad you said that you started questioning, oh, do you mean that there's something different? So many people feel like, well, well, this is just it. It's not. Mm -hmm. There are so many different perspectives to the way life can be done, um, yes. to the way you can react and respond to things that I feel like I, in the last probably 10 years, I've made it my mission to always sort of have a bird's eye view of a situation, pull myself out of it and say, Catherine, if you weren't feeling like this, just let's look at it from everyone's perspective. And now let's really understand what's going on. Yes. And it helps yes. immensely. Now, I am curious, do you think that your, your journey into psychology and all the different degrees that you now have stemmed from the way that you grew up? Yes. Yes. Because I thought, well, let me try to help people. I always wanted to help other people. I felt very helpless as a child in that environment and, and growing up there, there was no security, no safety. In fact, it was exactly the opposite. And I always wanted somebody to help or save me and get me out of that environment. And nobody ever did. So I wanted to go and say, ah, what can I do to help other people that may be in these situations? So that's where it brought me. And interestingly enough, uh, in my 20s, even my teens, my teens, 20s and 30s, I spent a lot of time in traditional counseling and traditional therapy, getting sort of uh, acclimated to, okay, well, what are the other perspectives out there? How can I be different? And then the cancer diagnosis came and that gave me an entirely new I want to say enlightened, heightened, oh yes, different route to take yeah. in terms of getting rid of emotional baggage and changing patterns. And, and it led me to things like craniosacral therapy and emotion code healing 
and those kinds of things. Um, very different from the traditional therapy that I accessed, but also was trained in. So mm -hmm. it's been a great asset in this part of my life. I've never learned so much about myself in the past six years since I was diagnosed. Oh, I yeah. think, oh my gosh, I thought I knew myself. Yeah. Well, I'm still growing and I love yeah. it. And isn't, don't you feel like year over year, you just, you do feel like you are elevating who you are into closer to who you are. Yes. You know, I feel like we're born with who we are, but as the years go on and you actually do the work, you you get closer and closer to, as I say, why we're here yes. and why we're blessed to still be here. Because I do think that there is always a reason why. Right. And as I move closer toward it, I find that life becomes easier as I get closer yes. to who I'm supposed to be because yes. the decisions become easier. My choices become easier. The people who I choose to surround myself become easier because you just know what is for you and what's just not for you. Yes. Yes. I'm still recognizing patterns that have been deeply ingrained in how I was raised that I am getting rid of and changing. And I'm recognizing how they've impacted my choices and actions and behaviors up until this point and how there's now sort of a, an enlightenment about, aha, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because back then you're just going right along. You're just doing yeah. what you're supposed to do, you think. Yeah. yeah. So there's an incredible enlightenment about it. And I think for me, I want to share that with everybody. I want everybody to feel good and feel well. And like you said, I wake up some days and I think, oh God, ah, this one's going to be a struggle. It's not perfect every day, but it's the intention every day to make it a great day. Mm -hmm. My husband says that all the time, make it a great day. And that's how we live our lives. We, we take in whatever's coming, but we allow ourselves to feel the feelings, yes. but we don't wallow. That yeah. W attached to the beginning of the word allow makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You can allow the feelings. Everybody's going to have circumstances. Everybody's going to have situations. That part you can't control. You can control how you react to it yes. and how you behave and what choices you make. So that's really what I want for people. And I'll be honest, it pains me when I see people making choices that are, are harming them, mm -hmm. whether it's socially, physically, spiritually, life decisions. It, it does pain me. I'm a very sensitive person when it comes to other people suffering. Yeah. I find that what also helps a person move forward after a trauma, after something that's just been really hard to get over is the faster you can get up each time something happens really helps you grow in life. You know, if you can just shorten and, and I mean, for everything, I mean, you have an argument with someone, shorten the amount of time that you're angry about it. Uh, someone has done something wrong, shorten the amount of time that it takes you to forgive that person. Just keep shortening the time till yes. you get to the point where you look at life and just say, you know what? In two years, in a year from now, is this really going to matter? Mm -hmm. And just keep bouncing back faster and faster because it's almost like a habit. The faster you can learn to bounce back, the easier life becomes. 
because you're not left with all of these negative feelings, which I do think affect your health, affect your mindset, affect the way that you're going to do your next task. Yes. I have this silly little example. When someone says, so-and-so has made me so mad. My question is, is that person small enough to crawl into your ear canal and get into your brain and change the chemistry of your brain and make you feel mad? Yes. They don't. They're not making you feel anything. You're allowing yourself to feel that way. Yeah. And you're hurting yourself. You're not hurting them. Yeah. It's hard to do, but it's an important question. Who's really making you feel this way? Well, I think it's hard to do until you decide that you are going to respect your body and mind enough that you don't allow that in anymore, just like food. You know, um, I always say I intentionally eat a Big Mac every six months if I want to, but I'm intentionally doing it. It didn't fall into my lap. I didn't happen to be at the drive-thru. I literally said, I'm going to have a big back. I know what I'm doing and I will, you know, I'll eat healthy the rest of the day or whatever. But, but I always say I'm very intentional in everything that I do. And I know what I'm doing. Nothing happens by accident in my life. You know, it's somehow one way or another. And, you know, the same thing, if I want to have a a glass of wine, I'm intentionally having it. It, I didn't just happen to pour, you know, and, and I find a lot of people just lead their lives with excuses. Oh, well, I was in that social situation. So I had to No, you didn't, you didn't have to drink if you didn't want to, you know, and, and that's why I was, I was really, um, I felt very drawn to you when I was reading the notes that you sent over to me about you and the way that you think and the way you lead your life, because Everything I do is with intention. I, you know, I even laugh with my husband. If I leave a, a bowl on the counter with the spoon in it, you know, I'll come back down and, and it'll be put away. And I'll say, well, why did you put it away? Well, why would there be? I said, because everything I do has a reason. I needed it there to <laughs> shortcut my, my, you know, getting some cereal in the morning. He's like, oh, so I literally do everything with an intention just because maybe I'm thinking two steps ahead or whatever yes. the case is. But uh, I think living life with intention also makes it uh, that much more memorable because you are creating the experiences and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I, I am spontaneous or I try to be, but I think that if you do things, it's the word I'm looking for. Like, it's like, you're being drawn to do something, you know, I've been, I've been watching a lot of people and I think that there's just been maybe people in my environment or or on Facebook. I've seen a lot of people passing these days. There seems to be a lot going on. And I find that happens a lot in the winter months, but here's what really upsets me. What upsets me is when everyone saves all of the good words you had to say about someone for after they die. Now, maybe it's because I've been so close to death. That, yes. that I no longer feel like I need you to be dead before I tell you how much I care about you or how much I respect you or how well you've done. You know, I, I don't feel like I need to wait to that moment anymore right. to be at someone's funeral right. or memorial. And I wish people could realize that, you know, that you don't have to wait till the end to tell someone if, you know, you're really impressed by them or, or you love them or, or anything else because you don't know what's coming tomorrow. Yep. And that's something that I, um, 
I, I, I try not to, to hold back on is that I don't need to play games. I don't need to, you know, like some people say, oh, but you know, what if that agent, when I had my brokerage, well, what if that agent isn't at your brokerage in a year? Well, why would that stop me from saying that they've, they're doing a really good job now because maybe right. here they might leave. That's, that's just a messed up way of thinking. Right. Right. So I, I and, think and this has changed also in maybe the way people also um, interact with me as well. You know, as a coach, even in real estate, and I think it'd be good if we moved into real estate shortly, but as a coach in real estate, I'm okay saying that you're doing a really good job right now. I don't need to wait till you sell 200 houses to tell you that if right. you've taken one small thing that I've, I've asked you to do, because I believe it'll move the needle in your business yeah. and you manage to do that for two weeks in a row, I think that's a win, right? So why not celebrate these little wins? Exactly. You're making such a great point because it also speaks to when, when a person is experiencing a circumstance or something happening to them, it's a big deal. So it's all relative to the person. Mm -hmm. So whether you're selling 50 houses a year, 10 houses a year, 100 houses a year, it doesn't matter. It's all important. And that's how I talk to my clients, actually. I don't care if you're buying a $200,000 house or a $4 million house. I've sold everything in between. They are all incredibly important because somebody had to work for that money. So it's important regardless of the amount. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That's how I have been in real estate since day one. And I used to make my manager at the brokerage I work at so angry he would come up to me and he'd say, so how much commission are you making off of this house? I'd say, I don't know. I didn't calculate it. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, that's not why I'm doing it. I said, if I do a really good job, my commission will come to me. But first, let me help these people. Yes. And people feel that. You know, yes. they feel when you genuinely want them to find a really great home. And I remember many times showing properties that were horrible. And I would look at them and say, I don't want you to live here. Yes. I think we can do a little better than this within your budget. And yes. People understand that authenticity. They understand that. And they can spot it between a few different people when they're interviewing agents. It's very true. It's very true. I think the most important thing that I love about real estate. Now, let's face it. Everybody needs to make a living. We're working to make a living, but where's the purpose? The purpose is right back to where we started, helping people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm blessed to call many of my clients friends. They come in as strangers. They come in off the street. I would like to buy or sell a home. And all of a sudden through the process, something clicks yeah. and they become closer than family sometimes. I'm not going to cry, <laughs> but it's so heartwarming. These people have entrusted us with one of the most important financial decisions of their lives. That is a huge deal. I do not take that lightly. They have children or they're going to be having children, whatever the situation is, they're downsizing, they're upsizing, whatever the situation is, these are human beings with hard-earned money making a major life decision. And if through that process, we click and we become friends and we stay in touch after because they've become so close to me. That is the icing on the cake. Yeah. So true. Well, 
since we're on the real estate topic, tell me how you went from um, associate professor and then in <laughs> real estate. And because I, I know many people ask me the same thing. I was a professor in university, yep. got into real estate. So what what made you make the move? So it's interesting. So I still do teach. I still do teach part-time at Bridgewater State University okay. because I feel like I paid enough money for those degrees that I better still <laughs> use them. Yep. I hear you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it inspires my geekiness to yes. learn still. So I love it. Isn't that um, amazing? I'm I'm, you know, just as an aside, once you have been in the education world, you cannot leave it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's ingrained in you to want to research a little more and let me find yeah. out a little more about that. And I brought that into real estate and I'm sure you have as well. Yes. Because you know, you can learn so much from your students. You're not the end all be all standing at the podium. You are there for a reciprocal learning process. And yeah. that's what I love about it. Absolutely. So yeah. tell me then, um, so you are still part-time associate professor. So yeah. what was it that draw you to real, uh, drew you to real estate? Well, you'll giggle because now, you know, my husband, Scott, we met, so we met 11 years ago and he had already been in the field for many years as a successful realtor in the area. Mm -hmm. And we started dating. He said, you know, you'd be really great at real estate. And I said, are you kidding me? I know nothing about numbers. I know nothing about business. I'm a geek. I love books and people. Uh -huh. And he said, well, guess what? Real estate is about people, right? You can learn the other stuff. The other stuff is easy peasy, but you're so good with people. You care about people. You love people. That's what makes a great realtor. So he sort of massaged the idea in me for a few years. And I said, well, all right, I'm going to try it out. And sure enough, I got my license actually a couple of months prior to getting my diagnosis. Oh my so goodness. my first year was a little bit of a slow start because I was focused on all of the health stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I've been a top producing agent year over year ever since. And I, like I said, I've got some beautiful, I could give you a long list of people that I've helped either buy or sell and they're my friends and uh, it's really so, beautiful. Let's go into that a little bit. Um, what was it that you feel were the skills that help you became, helped you to become a top producing realtor? Is it? Is it the, the sitting and the, the cold calling? Is it the scripts? I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You tell me what you think. <laughs> understanding human behavior. It's understanding human behavior. I am, I'm always observant. You know, people get nervous. Well, what's your background? And I say psychology and they say, oh my gosh, are you analyzing me? <laughs> yes, I am. But in a good way. Yes. Because I'm yes. trying to see what makes you tick so that I can better help you. My way is not the way. It's yeah. you who's guiding the process. Yeah. And I need to understand you in order to best help you. Isn't it amazing that it actually just comes down to being curious about the person who's in front of you? Yes. It's literally yes. that simple. That yes. is what sales, as we call it sales. I hate even, even calling it sales. I just call it helping people. You know, how can I move you from yeah. where you are to where you want to be? That's all. And, yes. I, and the same thing in, in coaching. I'm yes. not worried about the numbers right now. How about we move you from where you are to where you want to be and here? And usually I am concentrating on communication. What does that look like? Do you know how mm -hmm. to have, what does the conversation look like when you go and you talk to someone at a listing presentation? 
that was actually what one of my coaching calls was yesterday. What does that conversation look like? And I, we were role-playing a conversation and he would stop, you know, it was, Oh, well, what's the appointment tomorrow? I'm like, no, we're not at the appointment yet. We're going to have a <laughs> conversation. You're going to find out about the person. Ask them to talk about their home because when people talk about things, you can see what lights them up. Yes. You can see what their opinion is. You can see what doesn't please them. And yes. that, you know, one of the, the, the biggest things that I've learned is if you ask enough questions, people will tell you everything you need to know. Yes. Yes. And people want to be heard and understood. Oh, they yes. want to feel like they matter. Yes. And as I said, it's one of the biggest financial decisions that somebody will ever make. Yeah. So it shouldn't be seen, as you said, as a sale. It's human beings moving to the next chapter of their lives. Yes. And you just happen to have the blessing of being part of it. Yes. So true. So where does that bring you to today? What are you doing today? What lights you up? And where do you see yourself going? In what direction are you going? They're great questions. I, they're hard questions. They're not always they're super easy to answer, hard. I know. They're I super know. hard. They're super great. But what does your so heart I, tell you? Like, you know, now that you've been in real estate and, and you have been teaching, wh what in your heart, which way are you being led now forward? I think that the two-pronged fork is still going to be there. And I'm also uh, interested in keeping my options open for the continued coaching and building that business as well in terms of helping people in a different way. So I'm not interested in, in, in therapy, so to speak. I'm interested in guiding people, mm -hmm. listening more, helping them feel like they matter. But I think sharing my stories like you do, I think it's important to show people we all go through something. Yeah. So for instance, it's not I'm always client, just what you see on the outside. There's so much more, but you know, behind it. And yes. that's something that I've always wanted to, to tell people. It's not just everyone has a story behind them. And every time you don't understand the person in front of you, it's because you haven't gone back far enough to find yes. out what happened way back there that affects where they are today. Right. Right. And I like, I really like sharing my story and the details about my health journey because it ties into so many things. It ties into health, mind, body, soul, the whole package. And those are all things that we need to work on individually and together every day. Mm -hmm. There's been so much separation in the past few years, I feel, and connecting people, whether it is in a classroom, whether it is with real estate connect people. And how we do that is by understanding and sharing experiences. People feel alone for the most part. They do. And we yeah. both know that feeling. And I don't want people to feel that way. Yeah. It's so true. I think many times people feel like they're just alone on an island. Nobody gets them. Nobody understands how they feel. When if you were to just voice how you feel, you would find a whole audience of people with their hands up saying, I feel the exact same way, or I did. And I know how you're feeling. Yes. Yeah. And to share those experiences and to share also the strategies, how did we get ourselves out of it? Well, yes. maybe something that you can share will help this person mm -hmm. and maybe they can share something back. Mm -hmm. I'm on a journey of growth in whatever I do. 
but I have to grow myself first because I'm bringing myself to every single situation. Every place I go, there I am. Yes. Every interaction I, I have, there I am. So I better be at my best and intentionally getting better every day. Yep. You speak my language. That is, <laughs> that is literally the code that I live by is I just want to be a little bit better tomorrow than I was today. And whether that's health, whether it's a relationship, whether it's my emotions, keeping my emotions in check, whether it's just, you know, staying positive every day in the week, whatever it looks like, just a little bit better tomorrow than I was today. Yes. Yes. And it is all about those intentional choices like we were talking about, whether it is in our business lives, our relationships, our, our health, the way we interact with others, mm -hmm. that those choices will make or break and bring either success and happiness or misery, potentially disease. Yes. Uh, and, and you add to it. There's enough negativity out there to, to go around, of course, as we know. And keeping up that protective shield against the negativity, but being proactive and active and intentional about what we're exposing ourselves to. Yeah. We haven't put the news on in years. Yes. People say, well, where do you get your news? Well, what news? It depends on what you're looking for. Well, you know, and I always say, if the world's going to fall, I'll notice, you know, someone's <laughs> going to call me and let me know. I don't need right. to watch the news. We'll we'll find out one way or another what's right. going on around us. Right. Well, Mia, you know, this has been wonderful. I I think I think that anyone listening will have been able to get something or some parts of this where they will have felt drawn to it. Maybe they're going to learn something. Maybe they will put into practice some of these strategies that we spoke about today. So Love thank it. you so much for joining me today. This has been wonderful. Thank you, kindred spirit. I am so glad we connected. This has been a fantastic opportunity. And like you said earlier too, if, even if one person takes one little tidbit yes, and their lives are a little bit better just because of that one little tidbit, we did our job. We did. So for anyone listening or watching, if you liked this episode today, share it with a friend. If you think that we could help one other person today, please share it, like the podcast, leave feedback, leave a review. We'd love that as well. And I look forward to seeing you again for the next episode of a Mindset Medicine podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu, and I'm here today with Dr. Mia Holland. I'm sure we can, people can find you all over the social media channels. Yes, they can. Perfect. All right, that's it for now. I'll see you again. Bye. Bye-bye.